Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, hey guys, uh, Andy here and Dave from uh, Evertrack HQ, another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, if you have joined us, um, today is a little bit different, actually. I I know we we we, t- we always pick a subject and you know we like to take on some questions, but today um, is all about uh, pushing through the pain. Um, it's quite a big one. Uh, it's quite a, you know it is quite different because a lot of it that we're talking about today will be some mindset stuff, and I know it's kind of people are like oh you know talking about mindset again, but you know it's really important, um, which is why we, we thought right let's talk about it today. Um, as well as everything else. Um, but yeah, if you have joined us, I noticed there's a few joined us now. Dave, Miko, Sinead, Jackie, Byron, Amanda, great to see all you on. Again, do give us a thumbs up um, if you've just joined us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, comment with any questions. So as always, on Tuesday, tune in. Um, although we like to start off with a particular subject, we're obviously happy to you yeah. know, take on loads of questions. Chris Tom is on here as well. Chris, get your questions in, mate. Tamarin, uh, Victoria. <clears throat> loads of people um <laughs> robin, i was just about to email robin robin uh, i've sorted you all out mate you should have had the emails by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah robin's just booked in but leah as well she's saying hello to the social yeti whilst we're on the subject of social yeti yep any questions she'll be sort of noting them down she's obviously working from home but she'll be uh, just popping them through um good afternoon bry good to see you on mate good to see you on i see so many people on here. Uh, yeah, like brian's uh, made a face mask out of the evertrack buff <laughs> i did see oh, that I, did. Brian, I, did. I loved it i think we need to we need to get some of those made and they'd be fantastic wouldn't they yeah well actually brian i think is going to volunteer to make them um <laughs> so yeah brian we can send you a load and you can make them um free of charge obviously and uh, yeah yeah, exactly. No, no, it'd be great to get um, be great to get some of those sort of made. Um, yeah, Brian, let us know how you have you made that exactly. Do a walkthrough for us, mate. I'd love to love to see it because I know that um, Mr. Mr. Johnson is going to be bringing in some rules relatively soon, isn't it? About making them mandatory in certain areas. So if you're going to use one, use an Evertrack yeah. one. Uh, but right, Dave. Yeah, today then. So pushing through the pain. Where, where, where should we start? Um, yeah, I think it's. 
to, sort of, to try and nail it down, what we're talking about specifically is sort of the difficulties. I say difficulties, challenges is probably more of an accurate term yeah. that you have whenever you, when you go on any trek. Certainly, um, we went out on a trek on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first trek since lockdown, really, that I did any sort of real distance in. And uh, I had some pain to push through me. I had some pain to push through. <laughs> I know. More than that, it's about, um, you know, how to keep yourself motivated, how to keep yourself enjoying yourself, how to keep the banter level up. You know, when you're on a, a really tough day, like Kilimanjaro, Summit Day, Everest Base Camp on the way up to Kalapatar, those two things sort of stick in my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. It can get to a point where... You know, it's not very pleasant. If any of you have seen the uh, the movie Everest, there's an amazing bit where Rob Hall says, you know, you've all had the brochure, and we don't describe getting to the summit in the brochure. Now, why is that? And then he says, <laughs> mostly just pain. <laughs> That's yeah, good, good memory, good memory, mate. And, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of that on the trips that we offer, but um, yeah. there's also something about it, you know, because we keep going back, we keep doing it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, it really is just we're just going to – to talk a little bit about, you know, why things that we do to try and keep ourselves going when the going gets tough. And yeah, I'd be interested to hear any other techniques as well that uh, you ever trekkers have as well. So if there's one particular sort of thought, mindset, action that you take, um, yeah, share it, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's already some questions coming through, but um, I know a social yeti will be um, noting those down, guys, and we'll, we'll, we will we will take them on. So, yeah, with when it comes to, um, you know, pushing through the pain, then and, and I hate to sort of almost not teach you to suck eggs, but because it's it's quite it's, some of it is quite cliched, you know, but it's important to know when to push through and when to not push through um, is kind of the big one. But, yeah, I mean, just to go, uh, we, we, were, we were out hiking on Saturday. Um, you know, first long hike that we've done, Dave, isn't it, since lockdown? I know, yeah. you know, I've been out for a couple of hours, um, you know, just on a, a small hill near um, near Penavan. In the Brecon Beacons, fantastic place if you've uh, ever been there. I know Mick, who's just joined afternoon, Mick, he knows that place very, very well, as well as uh, I'm sure a lot of you do. But yeah, we, we were out and it was really tough conditions. I mean, an hour or two in, there's um in the they call the Carmarthen Vans, which is basically the the western part of the Brecon Beacons. Um, some of the most beautiful parts of the Brecon Beacons actually, but it's actually really quiet. I've never seen um, them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, because it's almost been bad weather every time. Every time I've gone there, it's been like trekking in the inside of a ping pong ball. Just <laughs> don't see anything. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be on it with your navigation out there. Um, but it, it is energy sapping. I mean, it's quite boggy in certain parts. So where we were were walking to, it's imagine uh, you've got some sort of like a mountain ridge, and in the middle it's like this big bowl, and in that bowl, you know, all the streams sort of feed down. Um, I think it's actually the near there is is the uh, the source of the River Usk. Um, so you can imagine there's a lot of moisture and, and certainly added to it when we had eight hours of rain. So, yeah, it was tough conditions. And I think um, all of us were struggling a little bit. You know, we haven't been out much. So the legs were heavy, rain. You know, there, were, there was a lot of stuff that, that sort of made it tough for some people. It was cold. But, you know, you, you kind of crack on with it. Um, you know, I, something that I haven't done for a while but I, I took a bit of a tumble uh it's my turn wasn't it dave yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, was, it was quite hilarious i know and, and, and pretty much i just stood on a rock crossing a stream didn't really check if there was any moss on it but there was and next thing you know i'm superman facing down the stream um you know so i was a bit battered and bruised uh yeah so i, I had a limp for a little bit and it's kind of one of those things it wasn't until afterwards and it you know it, it was all about not saying I pushed through the pain, 
But I tell you what, it hurt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was parts of it and I was thinking, oh, bloody hell. You know, that was one of those things. But it, it's kind of, it's hard to explain. All of you are on here. I'm sure there's been parts when you're out and you're thinking, oh, man, this is tough. Yeah. But you kind of crack on because you're that sort of person. Um, and it is similar when you're when you're on a trek and you're, you know, if you're having a bit of altitude issues, if you've got a headache, maybe even if you've got a dodgy belly, lack of energy, there might be there might be sort of thoughts creeping through your mind of, you know, am, am I done? You know, can I just turn around and go? Um, you know, and it's important to know those certain things. I mean, obviously, if you're having really bad, you know, altitude issues, you know, you want to talk to your guide and, you know, you certainly don't want to be pushing through that. The, you know, the odd headache. You know that you're going to get headaches or altitude. It, that's yeah. because of the change in pressure, because dehydration, everything that comes with it. You're going to get headaches. That's just the way it is. So don't let that scare you. Obviously, if you're having it every day and it's not going away, that becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's when you call it about pushing through that barrier. Obviously, you don't want to push too far. <laughs> you know, when it comes to, to high altitude, would, would you kind of agree with that, Dave? I think so. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, it's it's about what we always take. Like what I, I say quite a lot is about taking like an intelligent approach to your trekking. Yeah, part of the intelligent approach is booking with Evertrek, and uh, the other. <laughs> but the, the, <laughs> nice, nice transition. Man. Yeah, nice. But no, the main reason is uh, what what I'm saying is you know because there are certain mountain rules and things like that that everybody follows and everybody does to keep safe. So yeah, put yourself yeah. in that bubble. You know, immediately before the trek even starts, put yourself in the bubble where you know everything that you're doing is completely within your capability you're not going to be doing something that's potentially outside of your capability now to be honest mine i'm not you know i'm not saying don't do like epic awesome trips you know but if you're going to do something that's epic and awesome and you're going to squeak by and get home just before night bring a tent and stay the extra day all that does is it means you have a nice night yeah. while camping and you've stayed within the bubble you know um because one thing that brecken has taught me is just how changeable things can be yeah um you know but one of the things that i've always done now i, I took a lot of lessons because from you know people that i admire and one of the guys who i really really like is a guy called sean conway um yeah he's a very inspirational guy isn't he yeah huge big ginger beard he did a length of britain triathlon yeah um, but he does like a lot of endurance um races um one of the things he always talks about and i've completely nicked it and use it myself is the fine pistons of endurance so this is all Sean Conway's idea, nothing to do with me. But um, yeah. he talks about food, water, sleep, muscle management, and mindset. Yeah. Uh, and he believes a mindset nice. is the single most important one because it, the others, you know, you can get by on lack of sleep. There's a degree of you can go without, um, you, can, you know, you can go thirsty and you can go hungry and you can recover from those things. Yeah. And all the pistons can keep firing. But if you lose the mindset and the will to do it, yeah. then you know all of those things can collapse now it happened to me on saturday you know I'd, i i was walking and, and we were on that bog and it was so tough yeah yeah i remember thinking like i i remember I said to andy and i'm this close to throwing my toys out the pram <laughs> i was like if i don't get off this bog i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna lose it so yeah. um but yeah and then it was about just you know sit down take a break relax have something to eat as soon as I had something to eat, stretch my leg a little bit, I felt great and I was able to. Yeah, carry. you a bit. It perked you up a bit. You know, it, mentally, it give you a kick up the backside almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, Dower, Dower Tashi Sherpas. Really? Oh, nice. Hey, Dower, how's it going, mate? 
Yeah, so basically Dower is, yeah. um, one thing he's mentioned here is he has a very painful story. So um, Dower was one of uh, a few um, of the Sherpas that survived a huge um, avalanche, avalanche. Yeah, yeah. in the icefall. Um, so yeah, so good man, really good guide. But yeah. Yeah, look at Dower. Yeah, I've had the pleasure of trekking with Dower um, quite a few times to Everest Base Camp. Um, fantastic guide um and uh, you know he's got a very interesting story yeah because it's you know um he's very lucky you know he'll say himself very lucky to, to be alive um yeah. you know and, and although yeah when, when you're talking about pain i mean yeah dower great to see you on mate um i know you've got a great story yeah if you google dower by the way you'll be able to see his story he was um interviewed by cnn and yeah. there's a lot lot going on there because um obviously you know he lost a lot of uh family members and, and friends i know it was a tough time but you know, he talks about it. He's, he's sort of turned a way of helping people. Um, he actually set up his, his own clothing line um, called Dower Gear, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and I, I take my hat off to you, mate, literally, um, you know, yeah. for setting that up and obviously supporting, um, you know, your family uh, and the and the Sherpa community, mate. So, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, have a look at Dower Gear, guys, if you, um, yeah, exactly. if you, if you see it around and check him on Instagram. He's got loads up on there. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, no, no, it's... It, as we, as we crack on, I know what we've been talking now. Um, it's about 10 or 15 minutes already. Dave, I think we'll start taking some questions on because I think we've got about 15 or 16 already. Um, let's have a little look. Any that you've spotted, Dave, so far? Um, yeah, so uh, Dewey Davis has asked, has, a, has the new Yeti been announced yet? Yeah. Um, well, good actually, question, yeah, good question. So, yeah, um, not as of yet. Um, we've just come off the back of a huge, really busy period with the um the promotion that we did about the competition and giving away that so that's a huge big busy period for us so during that time we've allowed people to uh, apply now we've collated um, and we'll be in a position i think probably within the next couple of weeks what do you reckon i'm even sooner than that even sooner than that yeah anyone that we um you know be taken through to to sort of interview stage um you know because we want to you know um, meet as many people as we can uh, we've had a lot of applications i think it was about several hundred yeah, that we had, but um, yeah, Dewey, um, you know, thanks for the video you said, mate. It was great to see some of the mountains as well. Um, uh, but yeah, we we'll definitely be getting back to people, um, sort of let them know. So yeah, well, you know, good question. Yeah, um, what else we got here? Let's have a look. Uh, just going through. Oh, is the well, Jim, Jim's mentions the website all sorted. Yeah, we've had a lot of um, we, we put a little post out in the high altitude ever trackers group because we've um, we realized that. About two weeks ago, we had like crazy amount of people on the website and it actually has, has caused a lot of issues. So we're actually moving over to a new server. It was meant to be done on Monday. It's actually, with regards to it, it's working a lot better now, but actually we are moving it in the next couple of days. Um, so we'll be putting out another post because actually we've set up the server now. Obviously, we're not we're not doing it here. We've got a, a team um, who manage the website and everything for us and they're doing that. So yeah, look, um, to everyone that's watching, if you, if you are having any niggly issues, um, you know, if it's certain specific things, then just drop us an email um, rather than put in the groups because, you know, we don't always see the stuff in the group. But if you send it directly to us, we can manage that, um, you know, and get that done. But, yeah, with regards to the, the speed and, you know, we made a lot of developments. We, we always try to constantly improve things for for our community, whether that be, you know, having all access to all the information. Um, I think Dave Rimmington put up there about some sort of marketplace and shop. Like we've had a store that we've been working on for a long time now. So all this stuff, um, unfortunately, because of the development side, it does, when one thing sort of gets developed, it always affects another thing. It's not as easy as just plug and play. 
there's a lot of developments we're doing because lots of the stuff we're doing hasn't been done before um so yeah so apologies if um you had any downtime or any issues um but, you know only we're, we're doing it from the the positive way you know we're trying to develop this in a positive way so do bear with us if you're having any issues and like i said just pop us an email if there's anything specific like yeah. if your trip's not showing up um you know things like that sometimes it's don't think that you're not booked in nothing like that at all ultimately you know if you, if you book onto a trip you're booked in it just might be a little tech issue on the website okay um so yeah but yeah thanks for that question there jim yeah so um i've seen i've spotted two questions that i think um quite interesting i don't think we've ever been asked them before Okay. Awesome. So Leah has asked first of all, um, is turning turning around really an option? Yeah, good question. On Killy, unless you want to get sick, and yeah, well, first of all, turning around is 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 always an option yeah. on any trip that you do. That's us or on your own, you know. Um, there's an element of you know the people that come on these these trips with us. They're not holidays; it's adventure travel. So you guys. Uh, are there because you want to reach the summit, you know, and that's really what drives you. But, you know, yeah, I don't think it's ever happened with us, but, you know, some people, or maybe one person got um, years and years ago, I think the only person we've ever had um, helicoptered off due to homesickness instead of altitude sickness. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was, I mean, you know, these trips are big, but I think, yeah, they, they miss their family a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, you know, one of the things we talk about mindset is, you know, the reason that you guys have tuned in today, the reason you've booked, the reason you fly all the way out to Tanzania and start walking yeah. up a massive volcano is because you've got that sense of adventure. And it's hard. This is when we're talking about pushing through. Sometimes that sense of adventure can get eroded, you know, when things are hard yeah. and things are tough. Because the thing about adventure is it doesn't always feel nice at the time. You know, yeah. you have to, <laughs> the reason that we got we it's such an achievement and why it stays with you for a lifetime once you've done it is because it's really incredibly difficult to do you know yeah. so that's why i think keeping your mind in the right place sometimes taking a break and turning around and facing away from the hill actually looking at the view looking where you've come from talking to yeah. him having some banter you know it, it really does make a, a massive difference and it keeps all those other pistons firing you know so yeah that's why i really really like it yeah, um, I like that, mate. I like that. I just, I just saw one here actually. I think Leah put um, any mantras when pushing through the pain. Uh, I love that. Just keep swimming from Dory. I love that film, Finding uh, Finding Nemo, yeah. um, and Finding Dory. But yeah, um, a big one. Um, just want to share. I think uh, I've, I've I've written about this a few times because I think um, you know whenever you whenever you hit that wall or anything, just remember why you're there, what what you're doing it for. Maybe who you maybe if you're raising money for charity, maybe you're doing it just to prove yeah. something to yourself um maybe if it's like well that, that big bucket list challenge sometimes you you kind of you know you're like oh, you're down in the dumps it is hard to pick yourself back up but just remember why you're there you yeah. chose to be there you chose to put yourself through that yeah. and i know it's nuts you think jesus why am i put myself through much pain but like like dave said you know if, if it was easy then it wouldn't be the same yeah. it, it wouldn't you know so you, you, you're going to go through that so yeah just, just remember that why why are you there ask yourself and then prove it to you. Say, okay, I'm going to do this, you know. Um, I think my mantra is, um, well, on Saturday, it was the Wallace and Gromit theme tune, you know. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so <laughs> random. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm walking, I'm just, it's just turning it over in my head. Da, 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 you know, and it's, uh, yeah, just whatever. I, I think, you know, just being able to laugh at yourself, you know, like, um, you know, or laugh at someone else if you're not finding yourself very funny. Because uh, when Andy fell over, um, was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. 
<laughs> initially, it was a bit I'm worried. Glad you enjoyed that. Initially, we were a bit worried because if he'd broken his leg, it might have been a sort of um, mate and rescue situation based on where we were. Yeah. And to step across a stream, put his foot on a rock, and there was nothing. There was no resistance. It was just like, it was, it was just like slick but as. Yeah, yeah. He landed on his side, but the stream was just about to fall down. So as he landed, he kind of then like sort of peaked up and then almost. Yeah, my legs went in the air. I know. It's, ah, it's just yeah. one of those things. You know, we but, all. It, it's normally me falling over, so it was nice to see someone else hit the deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's quite interesting because it's been a while for me. But, uh, you know, it, we, we all fall. We all fall. And I hate to use that cliche, you know, uh, we all fall. It's, you've got to learn to pick yourself back up again. Yeah. Um, off Batman, that one, isn't it? But it's true. You know, you, you, you have got to learn to sort of dust yourself off and say, OK, so what? You know, uh, luckily, like, like Dave said, I don't have any injuries, but you kind of think, OK, maybe next time I'll, I'll, I'll probably uh, be a little bit more careful when stepping on slick rocks. Because, you know, the other day it was my error. Um, it, yeah. was, it was just something we did and we all do it. Uh, it happens, um, you know, we, we, we sort of move on. Um, but, yeah, with regards to other questions, I quite like this one, actually. I don't think we've asked this one before. Sinead asked why we do the Three Peaks, Three Passes trip. Why do we do it clockwise than anti-clockwise? A really good question, actually, um, Sinead. Um, firstly, we, we're always quite flexible with this because it, it always depends on weather and uh, – and, and the conditions, because you're right, you're thinking, right, you go to base camp first and then go back. I think what we found is we've had some people who made base camp and then kind of think they're done. So don't want to do the passes, you know, whereas if you've already done the passes, base camp is actually surprisingly easy. That's what we've done before. But we, I mean, we are potentially looking at making some adjustments, haven't we, Dave? We've been in touch with the guys in Nepal, yeah. just kind of thinking, you know, um, uh, you know, is, is, is this the best route? Because we're like, all the routes we do, we're always looking to tweak them if they're better for you guys. Um, and certainly we'll, we'll we'll sort of let you know with those. We won't make them sort of technically longer or shorter if we can, but we'll definitely make sure they're the best, so you have the best chance of, uh, of success. Yeah. But with um, Dave, would you would you any anything to add on that? The three peaks, three passes. Initially, because it's been like because when we set it up, we always try and do things a little bit differently. And one thing yeah. that we wanted to try and do was develop a trip. <clears throat> Because the three peaks is like the most hardcore trip. Beyond that, you're climbing a mountain. So what we wanted to try and do was just create it and make that one little thing a little bit different than the way everybody else does. So by yeah. going a slightly different route. Now, we are, it is always weather dependent. Sometimes we'll revert and do the other way. Um, but what we've tried to do is create a route that no one else is doing, you know, so or very few people. Yeah. Which is always difficult because, you know, <laughs> so, only, the world's so big. Exactly. <laughs> so when you are sometimes. doing something like like the Three Peaks and you go in a slightly different route, it's yeah. really good because you're sort of off schedule to the crowds. You know, so when they arrive in at one place, you're not. You're somewhere else and it's quite quiet. So it kind of gave us a little bit of an edge and a little bit of a sort of um, a unique feel to it. However, like I said, whenever it comes to anything like the high passes or the summits, we're always very flexible. Ultimately, whatever the itinerary is the guides have total autonomy to basically make calls in real time about which way they go and where they go um because error itineraries are written out you know years in advance you know so if i book a trip today but i'm going in 2023 well the route might be different in 2023 you know so yeah we always allow that to happen um always, yeah i think you're right there dave in terms of flexibility you know, it's, it's a really good question Sinead. i know you booked in mate i can't wait to have you because i know you've uh, you've already been to base camp with us um, and it's a great route. Um, I don't. I'm just trying to see if anyone. Um, I'm seeing any comments from people who have done it. 
done that route with us, but I can't see anyone on here. But it's um, it is a great route. It's, it's hard. It's challenging. I'd say it's it's the most challenging route to get to Everest Base Camp. So um, yeah, you you you've got a good one there. Um, yeah. so it's always worth. Go on, sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. Go on, carry on. No, I was just saying, Sinead there. Um, you know, she's built up the highest pass. Yeah, it was with. Um, I think that's Kongmela is kind of the last pass. As we, because um, you've got Renjola, then you've got Shola after you go through the Gokyo Valley. Yeah. Drop down, um, drop drop down the other side uh, into the, the Kumbu Valley, if you like, and then reach Everest Base Camp. Then you come back a bit and then you back over then to Kongmela, which drops into um, uh, to Shukong, which is basically at the base of Island Peak. So you can see Island Peak there. And to the left, you can see uh, the Lhotse face. Um, it's fantastic. So, yeah, it's. Um, Sinead, whichever route you do, mate, you'll smash it, no doubt. I know what you like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's absolutely a fantastic trip. Um, yeah. Uh, one person did ask about whether you they heard that you have to be vegetarian on the EBC trip um, and whether that's the case or not. Uh, yes, it is. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Good question. So in Tanzania, when you go up to Kilimanjaro, you can eat meat um, yeah. because we have a proper chef who can provide proper heat and we got uh, access to good food that we can do it. In the mountains of Nepal, um, it's important to adopt a vegetarian diet. Uh, I adopt it right from Lukla. So Lukla to Lukla, I'll just be eating nothing but a vegetarian diet. Yeah. The reason is because the power up there is very intermittent. So when you're storing things like meat and the lodges, um, that meat can be, stored, can be stored for a while before it's actually ever cooked. Now, if it's sold for a week, you might have two power cuts in that time, you know, but they might potentially still serve it. So I remember a story about Barry, a guy who came with us back in April. And on day one, I remember saying to him, you know, don't drink alcohol and don't eat meat. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, no worries. You're your own guy. And I arrive at the end of the first day and he's cracked open a can of Everest beer and he's eating a chicken burger. <laughs> I like, remember that. And I was like, <laughs> you know, and I remember thinking like, fair play to you, mate, you know, but. You, you rolled the dice now you've gone <laughs> and um yeah what so have you said to him we're not the company to tell you so tell you so but i told you so yeah well I did, <laughs> Barry, i'm yeah. not gonna, you know i'm never ever gonna say i told you so but um but uh great, he, guy, great guy yeah he awesome guy he made ebc um but unfortunately it probably wasn't as enjoyable as the um as he thought it would would yeah. have been i think he lost about a stone in weight and was struggling to eat and diarrhea so he, he it was touch and go for him a little while, um, but no, he made it. But like I said, it's just really not worth it. The last time I was in Kathmandu, I got ill, but I did the whole trip fine, and I got ill in yeah. Kathmandu. And if that had happened on the trail, forget about it. It's you know, really I, hard, isn't it? Yeah, your energy, isn't it? It's just if it's, your energy's gone, you're struggling. You know, why risk it? I mean, we all like I'm I'm a BT, so I know Dave, I know you're same. Um, you know, but just for two weeks, just just to protect yourself, really. Um, you know, because you have a dodgy belly, it's going to be even harder than it normally is. Um, you know, I, but like you said, in it, Dave, on on Killy, um, it kind of seems the way, doesn't it, with regards to eating meat? His heat kind of seems fine, yeah. and it, and it was, it was well, fine. For it's because we don't need. You know, it's not it's not going to be stored for a very long time. Yeah. Um. So it's possible to like get you know things like cooked chicken. They've got like refrigeration bags and stuff like that. Um. So it can all be kept safe. And, and good to eat and we also have a chef there that's got like um you know gas power and stuff like that so we can always cook things thoroughly yeah. um, and make sure that it's safe to eat and we can boil water whenever we need to so it's a lot easier 
um, than relying on a lodge. So when we take things into our own hands, we can make a call on whether the food is good to serve or not. When we're relying on, you know, restaurant service, I say restaurant, but tea lodge service is a little bit, a little bit different. Um, yeah, yeah. Just well, go. It's really good questions here, aren't they, Dave? Um, asked. I, I, I think I've got a stream of questions. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. No, it's great. It's great to see some more people. I know Jerome. He's always on. Uh, great yeah. to see you, Jerome, as well. How long do you Asher. at EBC to take it all in? That's relative. It depends on the yeah. weather. Um, it also depends on sort of how you're feeling and how the group overall is feeling. But generally speaking. I mean, I've had as little as half an hour there, and then in October I spent two hours. Yeah, so, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah, it depends on you know the weather and how you're feeling and how early you get there because you don't want to be yeah. getting back late when it's getting dark. So if you get up early and you got and the group and yourself are all pretty strong and you make really good time, and when you get to EBC the weather's warm and nice, you can yeah, it's lovely. You can spend you know a couple yeah. of hours or so there. I spent two hours there just taking pictures, seeing everybody, waiting for the rest of the group to arrive, and then we all went back together. Yeah, it was the uh, ice fall. It was quite yeah, cool. Yeah, but then one time I was there, and it was so cold. <laughs> I was like, I had a cup of tea, um, and I was like, right, okay, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. No, some really good ones. Um, Chris Haslam. Chris, great to see you on here, mate. You asked about um, plenty of drinking water available on Killy. Um, yeah, yes, there are. Um, we do use the water filters. Um, but they do boil it anyway um, on the mountain, so that's that's all there for you. Um, you know, it's sometimes good to take a. I mean, I've taken like a life straw, or if you use water to go bottles, you can use them. But um, we introduce the water filters out there, so you can use. You know, so your water's purified. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of started that in Nepal, February, March last year um, in 2019, yeah. um, and we've tried to you know introduce that on all of our trips. That's that's kind of our plan um that, that was our plan going forward and it's you know we've, we've, we've introduced that it's brilliant um yeah some other questions there was one other question i really liked actually and i thought i'd like to take it on where was it and i thought it was um quite important it was a, how do you keep head head strong when feeling the cold so i presume like how, how do you almost so how do you deal with the cold when, when you get it is, is that the way i read it dave is that right how do you deal with the cold there yeah so whose question is it I think it was Jennifer's. It's a good question. I think because we talked about this a little on, the, on a little bit on the weekend about you know if you're going through some bad weather, how do you stay positive? Um, you know how do you even uh, almost consciously know that you're cold or wet, but you still continue and you still enjoy it. Yeah. And it's the same with cold. Um, you know, obviously the wet is hard because it does get you down. But uh, you know, if you're all wet, but sometimes you know it's almost like it, it's not a big thing. And I, and I, you know, I know it is, you know, when you're cold, you want to get hypothermic, but almost if you, if you put that up there and say, okay, I'm going to put that on like on a pedestal, if you like, it's really important that if I'm cold, I'm going to have a bad time. You've got to almost accept that that's going to happen. And, you know, it's one of those things that you, you're going to get cold. So it's, you know, you have to almost deal with it in a way that it's not going to bring you down. Just, just almost accept it as part of the challenge um and then when you don't even have to think about it you'd be surprised you you, you almost it's you, your subconscious is dealing with it but your conscious is enjoying this yourself because you're not worrying about it yeah. you're not thinking negatively about being cold because um obviously you've got to have the right equipment you've got to have decent gloves socks you know decent hat you know the right equipment does help 
but in some places i mean you can have the best gear but you're still going to get cold yeah um, so you, you know you've got to accept that i think like when we were walking up kilimanjaro when you the other thing i would say is when you're actually on a trek whether you're going to Kili or ebc yeah generally speaking if you've got the right equipment and you're moving you're not going to get so cold that it's ever going to yeah. be you know so like i mean yeah. dangerous you know you're going to be cold but you, you know there's a difference between being cold and then being cold to the you know to the to the degree where you might get hypothermia it's that's never gonna you're never gonna be so cold that you'll get hypothermia or left in that situation the guides will be there to look after you um so the first thing i'll say is when i was talking at the beginning about staying within that bubble you know so you can do things that are uncomfortable you can push yourself but you've set the scene so you're within yeah. a bubble of sort of security you know so and part of that when you go on one of our trips is the guides and the team there they know the weather, they know the terrain, they know the country, and they know how to look after people. So you can normally shelve that and let them look after you in terms of your life. And what you can concentrate on is just enjoying yourself. If you are getting cold, there's certain things you can do to perk yourself up. So like Andy said, part of it is not, you know, you can acknowledge the cold. I mean, what, I'm cold now, but that's not the end of the world. I want to keep moving, you know, keep doing stuff. The moment you stop is when it becomes very hard to motivate yourself to keep on. Yeah, yeah. But also what I like to do is so, you know, hot drink, heat hand warmers, yeah, snacks. Oh, I can't emphasize like how much that'll improve your overall mood. You know, if you're, you know, feeling quite cold and, you know, you've stopped for a break and stuff, if you have like a hot drink, even if it's just hot water and a Mars bar, you'll be like, you'll mentally you'll feel so much more, you know, ready for the challenge and stuff like that. Yeah. Um Got a big one as well. I think Rich has, has mentioned this. Rich Davis mentioned about um, he had a little alert from his bank about a new direct debit. Yeah, just anyone who's on here who's ever had like, um, you know, one of the things we like to do is to help people financially spread their payments. So if you're booking on a trip with us, some people like to just pay before they go. Some people pay up front, which is cool. And then some people like to go on our pay monthly plans. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we've go cardless. Um, basically, they migrated us over to a different part of their system. So basically, they they sent out to anyone who's ever had a payment plan with us, which is you know quite a lot of people, um, even if you've already finished paying. But what if you have if you're watching this and you've received that, we did um, we did try and contact everyone by email who's ever had uh, um, basically a direct debit with us, um, just to let you know of that actual scenario. So apologies if you didn't get it. I would I think um, Lauren there has just mentioned that do check your junk folder. Because basically, it's not setting up a new direct debit for you if you didn't have one. If you haven't got a direct debit with us, then it's not setting anything up. Um, it's just moving you over to a new system. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunately not great from GoCardless. They did that. Um, you know, we tried to sort of address it as much as we can. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost frustrating from us because we're just using a bit of software and then they just email everyone. And it's like, what are they doing? Um, you know, so we try to address that just by contacting everyone and say, look, uh, even my sister, who came on a trip with us two years ago, was like, "What's going on? I got a direct debit." So look, we 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 um, hopefully you've got that email just to explain that it's not setting anything new up. If you've got a direct debit with us, it's exactly the same. They're just migrating uh, over to a new system. If you haven't got a direct debit with us, it's exactly the same. You haven't got an active direct debit. So apologies if it caused any um, concern. Um, you know, know what it's like. You know, I've been um, I've had some fraud myself financially. And it's, it's, you know, it can be a little bit scary. So apologies if that did sort of come out to you, um, you know, and, and it caused any distress. But, yeah, it's just purely moving over to a new system. All right, guys.
Awesome. Ramona's just mentioned a good point as well, which yeah. I want to talk about. So Ramona's awesome. She's been on one of our trips. She did EBC last year. Um, I think she's booked on, I don't know, she might be booked on 20 trips now. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ramona has booked on like, yeah, yeah quite a lot. <laughs> a, a, a comment there about uh, don't drink alcohol. And then that's one thing I want to say as well about um, when you go, particularly when you go to Everest, um, because all the lodges sell beer and whiskey and rum and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Our advice is to not have any of it. Um, the What you want to do when you're sort of acclimatizing and when you're trekking at altitude is you want to stay hydrated and you want to avoid having a nasty headache. Now, yeah. I'm pretty sure some of you have had alcohol before and know <laughs> things that it pretty much is always 100% guaranteed to do is dehydrate you and give you a nasty headache. Yeah. So there's a couple of problems there. If it dehydrates you but you're not hungover, that can potentially then lead to altitude sickness. Um, but if you have a headache, it can sort of mimic the experiences of altitude sickness so quite often when i'm asked to describe what altitude sickness feels like my best answer is you've ever had a really bad hangover you know one of those like the, you know i'm in bed hangovers you know so yeah my advice to everyone is yeah don't don't touch alcohol on the trip it's only 11 days um you can have a real big party when you get back to lukla you can have a yeah. squeak a few in when you're on your way down and you get to namshi because worst case scenario you've got one day and you've already on your way down so it's relatively yeah. safe but in my advice, save it for Luckler, have a good old knees up in the Scottish bar. And um, yeah, and then when you get back to Kathmandu, you're on your own. But uh, yeah. yeah, in the mountains, I would say definitely avoid alcohol. Yeah, definitely. I mean, before um, the very first time I went to Everest Base Camp, uh, before even the company was in existence, I, you know, I had a few beers on the way up. Uh, and I think in Namche, um, was, I probably had one or two too many. Uh, on the way up because I did kind of didn't really understand the the you know the the sort of science of it. Um, yeah, certainly regretted that the day after. That's for sure. Um, luckily, it didn't affect my trip, but I certainly learned a lesson, and that's why we always like um, look. You know, we, we all enjoy a beer. We want to make sure we keep it hydrated. So let's do it on the way down. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's a good shout there, mate. Um, what else have we got? That's quite funny actually because I, I think it was Reese when you were talking about beer there. I think Reese said. Um, I can't remember saying that, Reese, but yeah, apparently I said I gotta, I gotta say I'm getting everyone a beer. That's, yeah. that's a weekly occurrence, and every week. Uh, <laughs> Reese, I'll definitely, all right, I'll definitely get you a beer. No worries. <laughs> the good question. Now, this is something yeah. that a lot of people ask as well, right? Okay. You're not the fastest when it comes to hiking. On previous trips, you've been at the back and quite slow. Do the group stay together when you go to EBC? Yeah, I like that so, question. Actually. I'm gonna bring it in. Go yeah, for yeah, yeah. Amazing, it's a brilliant question, and it's one of my favorites because it's a time look, when you trek at altitude, it's a time for the slow people to really shine. Yeah, because yeah. there's we, there is no pace really that's too slow as long as you're making progress and you're walking, that's a good pace. Yeah. We, but we really, really don't want people going too fast. So, if we can keep the group together, we can naturally throughout the day, it'll stretch out some people slightly faster some people slightly slower and then you come together and stretch or like a caterpillar going up the mountain but um one thing i will say is you know go at your pace that's what's important now the reason is because the longer it takes for you to get from a to b the longer that you've had to acclimatize from a to b so day by day that will have a really positive effect on your ability to like manage yourself when you're really high up um, I've known people on the mountains before who are 
super athletic, super fit, super competitive, and they've ran off on day one, ran off on day two, ran off on day three, and when they get to Everest Base Camp, us turtles, or tortoises rather, uh, uh, we're like Ferraris. You know, we feel well. And one of the ways that I've always said it is that um, it takes eight, eight days to get to base camp. Yeah. You know, if you're two hours behind number the first person to arrive every day, 16 hours more climatization you've had. You know, when someone says 16 hours really make a difference, what I like to say is stay awake for 16 hours and go and try and perform at your best. You know, so, yeah. you know, 16 hours is a huge amount of time for you to acclimatize. Even if it's an hour, it's still eight hours, which is still a really good night's sleep. We all know how well we feel after eight hours sleep. Well, it's the same with acclimatization, you know. So, Asha, yes, we do keep the group together. The guides will always be at both ends of the group as well. Um, and I guarantee you'll have company. My father, Doug, actually, he did base camp and uh, we, he, he developed true mountain pace. I often say that he's like, there's there's a type of moss that only grows on the back of ducks as they walk up the mountain, you know, because he's so yeah. slow. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, enjoy it. It's not about how fast you go. It's about enjoying it and getting there and getting the achievement for yourself. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, nicely, uh, nicely said, mate. Um, there's been a few questions on here around fitness and plans, things like that. I, I, there's been separate questions. So I won't bring anyone in, but. With regards to training and things like that, yes, 100%. I think it was actually, uh, I think Chris mentioned, um, where is, I'm trying to find some, some yeah, I think it's uh, Chris Cliff and Hurst mentioned about sort of training plans, whether it's running or hitting the gym. Yeah, there's there's a lot you can do. Um, one thing we've recently done, uh, just to take advantage of if you booked on with us, um, is with the Altitude Centre. Now, obviously, we, you can use our training plans and they all work. You know, you, you think we, we've used them the last couple of years um you know you can get access to them if you download um you can download them in your members area um you know and they're like sort of several seven or eight week plans that kind of build up and, and the thing is you don't need to be super fit it does help um it really does you know you have a better time um usually it's literally just getting you know uh date you know pack on your back getting out in the mountains putting some time in the mountains you know building up that leg strength just getting comfortable with a you know a pack on your back and just getting some hours under your belt really um but yeah if you're doing any like strength training things like that if you go into the gym it's only going to work i i read something um a while back now and i used to you know i'm quite quite big on is that if you're doing any um sort of weights to failure so for instance you imagine if you do any bench pressing for instance and you're almost until you can't do any more apparently that's really good for your muscles when they're at altitude because they've gone to failure um, and I think if you're doing things like single leg movement exercises, um, you know, or leg press, you know, deadlifts, you know, things like that, um, it's only going to help. So certainly, um, you know, take advantage of that with the altitude center um, sort of form we have on the members area. That was what I was trying to lead to. If you do go on to the members area, fill in the form and the altitude center will get in touch with like a free personalized training plan. Um, it's something we're really, really happy about. We've been working on for a few months now. Um, Sam and the team there, they're a great bunch of guys. Um, you know, they know exactly that they got that kind of scientific approach that we do like. Um, they do have the altitude, you know, it's the altitude center. So they do have chambers there where you can, they can actually take you up to a certain height and you can exercise at that height. It's pretty cool. Um, not saying it actually stops you from getting altitude sickness. It doesn't. It can't do that. But it will certainly give a feeling of what it's like. 
um, you know, in terms of taking you up to a certain level. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely have a look at that if you booked in with us. Um, you know, that's why we, we we done it for you guys. We want you to have the best things that are out there, training plans, because yeah. the more you do now, the easier you'll get. You have a better time. And ultimately, you'll, you'll have more success. Um, so, yeah, definitely utilize that. Awesome. There's a couple of questions. Um, yes. So looking at, uh, so Gam, you've asked a couple of questions. So the first one you asked was, when do you think, the, do, do we think we have a date when we'll be going to back to Nepal and running our trips this autumn? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at the moment, you know, we're very positive that that's going to happen. We do have um, uh, time set aside today to actually speak to the team over in Nepal uh, yeah. and actually speak to some of the tourism ministers <clears throat> that and actually find out what exactly the situation is over in Nepal. Um, so, yeah, we'll be having that conversation this week and, you know, updating everybody as we, as and when we can. Um, your second question, yeah. uh, which is I quite like, actually. So you've been to EBC, or at least you uh, went to EBC uh, last year, um, and you're disappointed that you had to come back from Gorekshep. Uh, you were perfectly fine until you got to Gorekshep, but then you got ill and had to come back. Does that mean you'll never be able to do EBC ever? Um, it doesn't mean that you won't ever be able to go back and do EBC at all. What it means is that um, on your way to Gorek Shep, obviously there's, because nothing would have happened when you, you know, it's a, it's a, altitude is a gradual process, altitude sickness. So you would have probably exhibited signs before you got to Gorek Shep that you were starting to struggle a little bit with the altitude. And then Gorek Shep is not a very easy place to be if you haven't acclimatized well. Um, yeah. You know, it's very high up. It's quite cold. Um, it's relatively basic. So that's why we want to acclimatize you very well. And when I was talking to Asher about going very slowly, um, again, my father, if I use him as an example, Doug. So we went to base camp together in 2017. Um, and he turned around from Lobouche. Um, so he left Lobouche, was on the road 20 minutes before he realized that he, he couldn't do it and he wasn't feeling well. So he turned around and went back. Um, and then last year in October, um, he made it to base camp, you know, and he was yeah. uh, 61 when he made it to base camp and he was, what, 59 when he first tried. So, or 58. So that was the show. So we made, I should know his age. I know, <laughs> I was going to say, that's so he's your dad. It seems like there's going to be some adjustments that you need to make. You know, one yeah. of them might have been training before you went. One of them might have been the pace of which you you got to Gorek Shep. I'd yeah. be interested to know whether you got to Gorek Shep in eight days or seven. Um, we do ours, uh, it takes eight days, so that's a longer period to acclimatize. And also maybe look at things like Diamox as well, which might actually further help you. Um, but yeah, no, all the best, Graham. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, nice. Uh, really good question, Gav. Um, I think Dave Rivington. Uh, Dave, always, uh, always on these lines. Make great to see you here. You mentioned about getting a phone signal um, at the, the top of EBC. Just a little video call. Yeah, it's always very intermittent, you know. Um, like there is Wi-Fi on the trail, which is great when you're in the tea houses. The difficulty is getting it when you say at EBC. It can be possible during, um, you know, summit season, so in the spring, because they've actually put in literally phone masks at base camp. You know, they're only temporary. Uh, and so, it's you know, you don't want to rely on that. Then uh, another thing that people have done and uh, we've done is you get a local handset. Uh, you know, say you spend maybe, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds on getting a really old handset, but good enough for a little video call, you know, so say it's like three or four year old phone and you can actually get a local SIM from Nepal. And again, you know, although it sometimes works, 
It works for making calls, but with data, it's very intermittent. But there is a chance that could work. Yeah. Um, I've never done a video call from Basecamp. Um, I know some people who have, and it's happened. But again, it's 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 very small chance of it happening. Most people just record some videos, and then when they get to Gorekshep or when they get to the Wi-Fi, and then they send them. You know, it's the same day, but it's not actually live at that time. Um, you know, I'd love to. I think that would be great if we could do it, but unfortunately, it's geographically where you are. It's quite a challenging yeah. place to get um, to get so signal. I made a phone call from EBC in October, yeah. um, so it is expensive. If you're with Vodafone, I know you get good signal in the mountains. Um, with E, I was with E before, and I didn't get very good signal. Um, so I know with okay. Vodafone you can get good signal, but yeah, the data is probably not great at EBC. Um, but yeah, a Gorak chef, there certainly will be. Nice. Nice. I'm just going through, Dave. Any any other questions? I know we've got um, yeah, if you if you're still on and we see still got loads of you on here, just pop some uh, some questions. Um I think Julie, was that Julie mentioned something about hiring something at home? I presume, Julie, that's the um is that the altitude tent? Um because I know I, I think you you mentioned that when I was talking about the altitude center. Yeah, they do have um because we, we we've been discussing this with them around using the altitude tents at home. Um, we're working on something. I, I suppose we come at it in two different ways because you they, they do help and they do use them for, for different clients who go to EBC, Killy, things like that. And there is some science um, around that. But the thing is, all the things we, we, we sort of, we're, we're passionate about, you know, your training, your mindset, you know, going out there is good enough to get you to Everest Base Camp. You don't need to have these tents to have the success. They do make small gains and you know the science is there about it does help. But what we what we don't want to the, the road we don't want to go down to is that you must have these tents to succeed. Um whereas we know you could do it anyway. So if it's going to supplement it like if if we do start doing that because we we have the this discussions with them. If we do say you know because you're more more than happy for you to get in touch with them and do it but I think I'm just trying to I hope I put this right the right way here. Uh, is that we don't feel like you need to use them to reach Everest Base Camp because you don't. You know, hundreds and, and literally thousands of people reach Everest Base Camp um, or the, the summit of Kili without using these in the literally the advice we've talked about, you know, keeping yeah. hydrated, going at a decent pace, having a strong mindset, doing the fitness before you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's kind of our opinion. And there's loads of opinions out there, but that's kind of ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excuse it's me. It's one of those things is, as well. You know, so when the the majority of the time that people use altitude tents at home, because they're not very pleasant, by the way, they're very loud. They give you yeah. headaches. They're not very nice to do. And people use them when they're summiting, you know. So if they're summiting an 8,000 meter peak, they'll use them. 7,000 meter peak, they maybe use them. Um, anything less than that, um, to be honest, I'm not sure that the yeah. cost and the time and effort associated is worth the payoff because you can acclimatize well enough without it. And what we don't want to get people to do, like Andy said, is reliant on these things. Yeah. And the tone that you can only get to base camp if you can have one of these altitude tents because, and also you don't want to sort of use the altitude tent at home and then head out to the environment, assuming that you're completely acclimatized and be lax on the mountain rules. So when it comes to EBC, I'd encourage people that staying hydrated and walking slowly, managing your pace and your diet will have a huge uh, impact on your acclimatization, way more than a tent. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, I hope that helps, Julie. 
Heather Newman asked me, uh, how's my bike training going? So, <laughs> to be honest, I haven't been out. I have got a new bike, though. So um, I got the a Ribble. No excuses now, Dave. Yeah, I got no excuses. Yeah, so I've got a Ribble. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be hitting the hitting the roads pretty hard soon. And um, to, I want to say I needed it. I have a new bike. I didn't need a new bike. I already have about five. But, you know, some people collect, you know, mugs. Some people collect pictures. I seem to collect bikes, but yeah, no, got the new Ribbles. So I'm really excited to take that out and hit the trails. But um, yeah. So hang on a minute. Was that Dominic that asked, or was that Heather? I feel sorry. I just heard the train go past. I was thinking, wow, that sounds loud in my ears. That's behind you. Yeah, so um, Dominic or Heather, whichever one of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was going. It was heavy. It was heavy. Yeah. Then it slowed down because we got really busy, and I tried to do some trekking. Probably going to get back on the bike again soon. Yeah, nice, mate. Nice. It looks like a nice bike. Just go and see and make, make sure we've answered every question. If you have asked a, a question, we haven't, um, because they do come through quite quickly here. Um, you know, we will um, try and answer it. I've just spotted one from Chris Clifford Hurst again about geocache on EBC. I've never seen that, actually. I love the geocacher, though. I think it's fantastic. You know, there's like going over, you know, finding certain things. I know they do it in the UK quite a lot and around Europe. Um, I'm not sure if there is one at EBC. Dave, do you do you have any knowledge on that? No. No. <laughs> no nothing. Did you say geocache? Geocache, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a no. <laughs> no yeah. worries. Yeah, no. Um, um, Chris has asked me how he doesn't know how I've got any money whatsoever. I mean, Chris, don't assume that there's hundreds of money out there. No. Also, by the way, all of this kit that I have, I built up over a while, you know, so I try not to spend so much. <clears throat> be lying if i said i didn't spend a lot any any one time but i also try and build it up over time you know and you know, yeah it's mental though it is literally everywhere i'm surrounded by it like right here for instance just in the office <laughs> i've got here montane trekking trousers no need for it <laughs> you know well dave it's, it's always you know just in case you know just in case uh, yeah. right a couple of couple of the chrises coming towards us at the end here chris tom chris great to see you on here mate you bought a new pair of boutards awesome um uh toes on right foot keep rubbing on top of the boot ah, it's always a challenge i think chris when it comes to these kind of things yeah it, it might be worth that the insole might be um might not be the right one because it's not always you know one fits all we'd like to think that so it might be worth trying some insoles i think if you can chris if there's a local store near to you um you know whether it's cotswood outdoor i'm not sure um, or as an outdoor store, just get in there, maybe have a chat with them because they'll be able to see and see what's going on there. It's always, it's always hard because, you know, the, the Mindle Bhutan's a great boot. Like I wore them on Saturday, Dave, I know you did. Um, we know they're, they're brilliant boots. But like anything, it's not everything kind of works as such to, for everyone. Um, so, yeah, if they do rub for you and you can't solve it, I think it's, it's, it's one of those trial by error. I think um, maybe it, it looking at something else. Um, whether that be you've got the North Face Hedgehog GTX boots there, really good for base camp. Um, you know, you've got the Salomon range. There's loads of different types of boots there. And it's I know I know it's kind of the cliche when people say, oh, yeah, make sure you try on your boots and in store and stuff. It's hard because especially during lockdown, you can only order them online. Yeah, you know, it's always difficult. It is trial and error. But I think you, bear with it, because I know that when I tried certain insoles with my boot, and I think they were super feet. And then I moved to a different make. I'll double check that make. They didn't really it hurt my feet a bit. It was a bit too much. But then I switched to other insole and it worked. So it might be just 
try in some other insoles, you know, because they are, you know, if you can get say four or five and then trial them, um, and then see see if it if it works. If if you if it's if it's on the top, then maybe your insole's too thick because it's pushing your boot your, your foot up. Maybe um, again, I'm just I'm kind of guessing here, Chris. But if I were you, mate, I'd I'd be getting to a store and speaking to um, you know to an expert on the boot side of things. I think, um, but that's just just our opinion there. I hope I hope it you know you can solve that and let us know how you get on. Um, any others, Dave? Uh, I just want to say yeah. Um geocaching you know finding those hidden geocaches that are all around there and um you know recording that Did you stuff. google this yeah no 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 um <laughs> i think that um yeah so yeah i love geocaching no it looks it's fantastic i know a lot of people do it it's different um I know on the treks and things they, they're kind of trying to introduce it, but uh, yeah, just looking at this. Okay, um, I think that's that's it. I, I think we've gone through a lot here, guys. I think yeah, Dave, we'll we'll finish up there. I know we've been almost an hour again, yeah. but it's been um, no, it's been fantastic. Thanks for everyone that's kind of joined us again. Like I said, we'll continue to do these going forward. We we, we love doing them. We hope that it, you add you see a little bit of value. I know we always try to talk about a particular subject and then go on to all the other stuff, but I hope that does um sort of help in some way we're we'll back next week um it's kind of a lot going on like i said with regards to um if you're on the beginning of the the tuesday tune in we talked about the the server and moving the website over so if you do see any sort of outages it's only temporary um obviously there's going to be a little bit of a changeover because we want to move to this faster server um you know we've got a lot of information now on the website so we want to make sure that's as speedy as possible so do bear with us with that one yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be we'll be in touch. But cheers, Dave. Always uh, another good another good one, mate. Yeah, I just want to quickly shout out to um, Tom. Okay. Mike, who said, "Who does my tattoos?" Um, Kimmy Carr Thomas in Newport, James Reuter tattoos in Germany, and um, Ollie Pinder down in Brighton. Check them out. Nice. There we go. Other than that, yeah, awesome guys. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, cheers, everyone. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up next week. If you do, if you are listening, couldn't wait to see all of this. We'll put it on YouTube and also the. Matt Malarkey podcast as well by Thursday. Um, but yeah, great to see everyone on. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Matt Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Bye.